Frequency Cast. Startup in progress. Hi, and welcome to Frequency Cast number 72, the UK's digital TV and technology show, the show that's driven by feedback from you. My name's Carl, and with me today is our tech guru, Pete. Hi there. In today's show, Fitness, we'll be looking at some new wireless ways you can stay in shape. Now, here's a look at what we'll be talking about in today's tantalizing take on technology. Our first look at the Netflix service. A new phone with a novel power supply. Kettle on, it's the cookie catcher. Rumours that BT Vision's about to get social. Plus Google trains, violins and Olympic hams. First off, here's Pete with the latest TV and tech news. Frequency cast, now loading, news. First up, news of a new mobile phone. Are you tired of your smartphone needing its daily charge or caught short without a charger? The cunningly named Spare One is due out in March and is powered by a single AA battery. It can hold a charge for 15 years and give 10 hours of talk time. Expect a review soon. Good news for Virgin customers now. From February onwards, a network upgrade will see most customers getting double their broadband speed at no extra cost. The upgrade should be complete by the middle of 2013. Next, looking for a cheap tablet? We tweeted this bargain at the end of January, and many of you have shown some interest. BlackBerry has slashed the price of its Playbook tablet from the original price of 399 down to 169 a saving of £230. Link to this incredibly cheap tablet on our site. Now, three bits of video on demand news. We're hearing word of changes to the BT Vision service planned for the coming weeks. According to a report in the FT, we can expect a facelift, recommendations, plus ties to social media. It seems that BT would like to see you tweeting what you're watching. Sky's also upping its video on demand game. By Easter, the BBC iPlayer and ITV player should be available to Sky Anytime Plus customers. It's also just been announced that Sky is planning to launch a new internet TV service, giving access to Sky content for the 13 million homes that currently don't subscribe to Sky. Expect the new service to start later this year. And Fetch TV, the on-demand service that launched in 2008, has just gone into administration. The service is still live at the time of recording, and owners IP Vision are reportedly looking for a buyer. Next, if you're jealous of your friends that have Siri on their Apple device, there is now a free alternative for Android phones. My name is Evie, pronounced Evie. Evie, which is a free application in the Android marketplace, or 69 pence for Apple devices, fills in many of the blanks left by Siri in the UK. Evie, will you marry me? Thanks for asking, but my other users need me too. Ah well, it was worth a try. The EV app is actually rather clever and well worth a try. There's a link on our show notes. Some ham radio news now. From the 1st of March, amateur radio operators will be able to apply for special UK call signs to celebrate the Queen's Diamond Jubilee and the Olympics. Almost finally, it seems that the leap second has been saved. Plans by the US and France to drop the extra second inserted to adjust for the Earth's rotation have been shelved, at least until the next review in 2015. Fear not, Carl, your sundial will still work. And finally, if you've not seen this YouTube clip, please go and have a look. 
While Slovakian violinist Lukas Kmit was performing a solo, someone's phone in the audience did this. After a frown, here's how he handled the interruption. Classic, although there are rumours that the impromptu performance could be a cunning viral from our fun Finnish friends. You decide. Thanks, Pete. For more on these stories and others, visit frequencycast.co.uk slash news. So it's focus time now, and it says here fitness. Enlighten me, Pete. I'm not too sure about how to be fit. Well, it's that time of year when many of us give thought to getting into shape. Uh, Maybe you and I could do with a bit of that. Well, I like to give it thought, but uh, that's enough for me. And in the past, as you remember, we've reviewed a fair number of fitness gadgets. Oh, yes, yes. I had a lot of fun with the uh, Wii Fit. That was the skiing one, wasn't it? Where you balance on one leg and you you jolt your body. I like to jolt my body from time to time. And funnily enough, I'm going to play you a little clip of Carl on the Wii Fit in just a moment. As neither Pete or I are serious fit nuts, uh, we got a little help from someone considerably fitter, and she is. I'm Sarah from the Frequency Cast team. So, Sarah, we've used you in the past as a little bit of a guinea pig running around on our little hamster wheel doing some tests for other fitness products, haven't we? Yes, you have. Now, what have we done? We've done the Wii Fit. We did that one back in show 29. Do you remember you playing around with that Wii Fit board? Yes, and I still sometimes use it. And here's just a little clip from back in show 29. Measuring. Measuring. So this is now going to report on your centre of gravity, so whether you sway to the left or the right. A little bit off to the right there, but not too bad. When walking, swing your arms firmly. Move from the hip. Okay, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Carl, man, we... (laughs) A beast? What's a beast? Who's a beast? After that, we looked at another product, which is this little thing that you had to put in your pocket called Walk With Me. Does that ring any bells? Oh, wow, that's going back some. I remember having to carry that little white thing in my pocket. Now, there's a little picture of you on our Nintendo, the 3DS. Oh, I haven't checked in for 804 days. Oh, dear. Why did you stop using uh, the Nintendo one? I think what it really got to me was actually having to remember at the end of every day to sync them up and work out how much I'd done and how much I didn't and then you used to have to play these silly games as well every now and again. Right, then we had this little chap here. Oh, the good old Fitbug. Definitely remember this one. I carried that around for quite a while and did remember to sync it up to my laptop every now and again. Okay, so when we looked back at this thing, this is a, what's that, about three inches wide, a little beastie that used to just either sit in your pocket or you could have a clip to clip it onto your belt. And it's basically a pedometer, but the clever bit was on the end here where you flick the little thingy open and there was a USB socket. So you could plug it into your PC and it would automatically download your stats onto a website. Do you still use that one? I don't. More so because of the interface of once you got onto the website, it was pretty clunky you could log a lot of your activities and what I always used to love to do on a Sunday night after two hours worth of ironing was log that because it used to show that I'd burnt loads of calories I never thought it was that great 
but you know I'm sure there are a lot of people out there that may have got something out of it but it wasn't for me do you say ironing there yes ironing do you fancy doing some for me no thank you very much (laughs) it's worth a try now we gave you about a week ago something new to try now just show me your little gadget there please The only way I can describe it is probably looks like a two-inch peg, but without the um, arms at the top. Clips over your your belt, and basically, it's a really nifty bit of kit. Now, it's got this little button here. Now, if you press that, the whole display lights up. The Fitbug had this rather clunky old LCD display on it, whereas this is actually quite a subtle blue display. Just press the old button there for me. On the first thing it does is it tells you your steps. Oh, it said, hello, Sarah. Oh, that's cool. Oh, I like that. It says in blue, hello, Sarah. Then you've got your step count. Okay, so you've done a lot of steps today. Okay. And then if you keep pressing it, it will scroll through your different goals. Okay, just just talk me through what we got there. So we've got the step count there. What's the next one? The next one is actually how far you've been. You've been nine miles today. Where have you been? I did do a little run and a walk at lunchtime. I'm walking around the office. It soon clocks it up. Okay, you've got one with a little fire symbol there. That's how many calories I've burnt today. That's really useful. Then after that one, it's got little stairs and it actually counts how many stairs you go up. So hang on, you've climbed 35 flights of stairs today? Yeah. If I remember, you were showing me the website earlier and it said how many flights of stairs you climbed and it was something like you climbed Big Ben today. Yes, it gives you these little um, quips about how far you've climbed if, you, if you've done a lot during the day. But I'm really pleased because it gives you little badges. And I actually hit my 50 target yesterday. So I've, I actually climbed 50 sets of stairs yesterday. This is clearly more than a pedometer because you've got this little thing as well. Just show me what it does, first of all. Well, this goes around your wrist. It's got a little hole for your Fitbit to go into and it tracks your sleep. So you put this round your wrist and you go to bed and it tracks how far you've walked when you're asleep? No, it tracks your movement. Um, So basically, if you get up in the night, if you're disturbed, or even if you just have that restless sleep, you know, when you're in your deep dreams and you're thrashing all over the place. Are you really? (laughs) It it tracks how much you sleep. Okay, well, we'll have a look at that in a second because we can go onto your website and see what kind of progress you've been making there. How do you actually go about getting the data from this little buggy, clippy thing onto the website then? Well, this is the really clever thing. It works wirelessly, automatically uploads it via your internet connection and what's even more important is that it sends it to an iPhone app so wherever you are you can check on your progress but obviously you do have to be in range of your docking station for it to sync. So I did a little bit of a play with it because I was I was pretty amazed by this tech. And what it seems is you put the docking station into your PC via USB and this has a little Bluetooth transmitter. So effectively what you're saying here is there's no physical docking. You don't have to remember to dock it. That is correct. The only thing you do have to remember to do is probably about once a week is um, just dock it for an hour to um, charge its battery. Okay, so we've just moved on to the laptop and I can see you're logged into the Fitbit site here. And what I can see is you've got a dashboard and a big log food, log activity, track weight. Now, what I've got here is something that goes from 12 midnight to 12 midnight. So this presumably is your day, is it? This is taking the information from the Fitbit and just plotting how active I am. And it gives you colours for obviously the different activities you're doing. Right, just keep on scrolling down for me. 
sleep. Now, this is the fascinating one. So looking at this, it's got your sleep time. So you went to bed at 11 and you were up bright and early, about eight o'clock in the morning you were up and about. So this is actually showing how long you were asleep. And there's a blue line, but there's lots of red lines through it. Well, the red lines actually show where I was active in my sleep. So it says here your sleep efficiency, 96%. You were woken 10 times and it took you two minutes to fall asleep. There was one night this week where I didn't sleep as well as it suggested I did. And because obviously I was in bed and I was still, it didn't actually show me as being awake. So it's it's not perfect. I kind of get the feeling this is actually quite clever because it does actually seem to motivate you. It's giving you encouragement and badges and suggestions. Yes, it is motivating me more. And I think it's easier to look at a phone and just see where you are with your calorie intake against your um, activity rather than actually logging onto a website. Just a quick aside, when you're out running, do you do you take this with you or do you use any other software? I use RunKeeper, which I've used for a very long time, probably about a year now. And I do find that's great for logging my runs and keeping me on target with what I'm trying to achieve with my runs. So I'm assuming you have to have the the iPhone stuck on your arm, is that right? Yes, I have to have it stuck on my arm and it does. It gives you a little map of the route that you've done. Also, your breakdown of times between kilometres. So I can see the little red line and and the dots, that's where you ran. Oh, I see one, two, three, four kilometres, so you can see, right? Oh, brilliant. And that's presumably your activity, that one, is it? This one is, is a little bar graph and it actually shows your speed that you were doing at that moment. So on, as you can see, that one I was doing 10.97 kilometres an hour. But this little low one here, I was only doing 8.79. Must have been going up a hill. Or you stopped at McDonald's for a quick uh, cheeseburger. I don't think so. (laughs) Worth asking. Now, I've done a little bit of trying to get myself in shape and exercise and the like. The one thing that was really tedious for me was logging the calories. And Fitbug was really tedious for that because it didn't have a UK database of, of items. With Fitbit, is that any easier? Have they managed to get over that kind of stuff yet? Well, actually, Fitbit's database is very American heavy. However, there is another app out there called MyFitnessPal. But what's more important is it has a scanner. For a start, this MyFitness app, does it have a UK database or a US database? It has a UK database, which is extremely good. You'll find a lot of the main supermarkets are in there with their food products. Now, I wouldn't say that in the Frequency Cast office we're a healthy lot, and this is a bag of crisps, Okay, My favourite, salt and vinegar. Right, assuming you've just eaten this packet of crisps, how would you log this? So if I press the add button, it gives you a range of what you'd like to add. So let's say this is a snack, and it does actually give you a search bar, which means you can type something in and look for it manually. But what's really good is it has this little scan button. And if I press it, it changes the screen. Oh, it's done it already. Scan a barcode. Baked salt and vinegar crisps, 25 grams. Which is great. So if you're using a cooking sauce, you can just scan it. You don't have to faff about putting the different proteins in and the carbohydrates and stuff like that. It's just excellent. It's really, really, really good. And I use it all the time. Now, I have actually played around with this MyFitnessPal app. The beauty of this is it has an API, getting all technical here, that links into the Fitbit site. So you could use this app, even though it's not part of Fitbit and it shares the data with Fitbit. So whatever information you put in this one is shared with Fitbit and vice versa. That is actually really seamless and I'm now looking at Fitbit and I can see in your incoming food for the day you've eaten a bag of crisps. That's not going to help your calorie counting is it? No there's an extra run for me. 
Okay, just a few other things here on the uh, the Fitbit interface. So we've got the food, we've got the activities, we've got the sleep. There's also heart, BP and glucose. Is, is it right you can get a heart rate monitor for this as well? You can get a heart rate monitor. I haven't really gone down that road, so I don't know too much about it, but there is one out there that um, automatically syncs with the website too. Brilliant. So it really does do all sorts of clever things, doesn't it? There's also an app gallery here. If I click on that, I can see that the data can be shared with MyFitnessPal, Microsoft Health Vault, Foursquare. Ah, oh, okay, nice for check-ins and stuff. And you can put tickers and things up on your uh, your website and Facebook. Is that right as well? That's right. That means you can share your progress with all your friends. Now, if I remember the tedious bit when you're looking at keeping a track of fitness is entering your weight every day. Now, I can see here you've got a weight tab. I know it's terribly rude to ask about a woman's weight, but let me just go into this. Right, so I can see your weight over the last uh, eight days, I think that is. So I'm assuming you have to still go and stand on a set of scales and then write it down every day and add your weight manually. Ah, that's where it's clever. I have this nifty pair of scales which I can stand on. They send their data wirelessly and I don't have to upload them manually because they automatically go into their app and automatically then share the data with my Fitbit. So obviously... uh me and Carl don't need this kind of technology because we're so uh, so young and fit. Is that fair? I'm not sure that's fair. I think you need to get one tomorrow and get on with it quickly and lose a few pounds. We've given you a little recorder and unfortunately we're not allowed into your bathroom to uh, check your weighing yourself fairly and accurately. So we gave you a tape recorder and this is what you came up with. The Frequency Cast team has let me home with one of their recorders. They did want to come with me, but I wasn't sure I wanted them in my bathroom at home. So here I am, just about to weigh myself on my lovely Withings scales. I'm stepping on the scales and it's, it's automatically looking at my weight. It automatically knows it's me by my weight and comes up with an ID, which says SAR for Sarah. It's now telling me my weight, my body mass and my fat and that automatically will then sync to my Fitbit account. There you go. We've looked at a whole bunch of fitness applications and you're on target to, uh, to lose your weight before your summer holiday. Is that fair? Yep. The beach will see my bikini. But we won't. No, definitely not. So we won't be putting any uh, bikini shots of her on the website then? Sadly not, but there will be some links to all the products and the apps that we've just been talking about, plus a longer version of that feature, up on our website. Look for the show notes for show number 72. Right then, Pete, talk to me about this Netflix thing that's just been launched. Well, it's a US import that's out there trying to win that very crowded video-on-demand space, and we've been putting it through its paces. It's only been out a couple of weeks, and we've given it a little bit of a try. And what do we think? Is it going to wipe the floor with the uh, competition? Well, we've enlisted the help of one of our regular listeners, Mike, and asked him to give it a try. The first question we had for Mike is, what did he think of what Netflix had to offer? Yes, I like the look of Netflix. First impressions are similar to Apple TV. It's a nice interface, very easy to use. There are some uh, very interesting films on there at first glance. So just a quick explanation of what uh, Netflix is. It's an on-demand streaming video service. It has a whole bunch of content from people like the BBC and ITV, as well as the movie companies uh, MGM, Miramax, NBC, Paramount and Sony. And it's a completely streaming service. You can watch it on a PC or on a Mac, on a games console. You're a games man, are you? Yes, I have an Xbox 360. So it will work on an Xbox 360, PS3 or a Wii. 
It'll also work on some internet-enabled tellies, particularly the Samsung ones. Obviously, Apple TV is part of that, or on an Apple device, or on an Android device as well. There's quite a lot of ways of watching Netflix. Okay, well, if you just pass me the tablet there, let's just have a look at the uh, the Netflix interface. You can get yourself a 28-day free trial, which is actually what we're testing with, which gives us full access to everything for 28 days, and you can watch as much content as you want, which is rather nice. That's the thing I like, is the, the cost. Um, obviously, with uh, the Apple TV films can be up to uh, approximately £4. So one film for £4 or as many as you can cram into a month for six. Um, that sounds good. Now, what you do when you first sign up to Netflix for your free trial is it asks you a few questions, what kind of stuff you're interested in, and it gives you a list of movies that you can rate. From that, it will come up with your suggested content. Now, I've done this for me, and apparently my top choices are Doctor Who... Conair, Scrubs, Air Force One, and uh, Faulty Towers. Now, some of that I can grant you is probably fairly close to me. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy comes up. Classic film. You into Hitchhikers? Absolutely superb. The recent film was really, really good. And uh, I do hear um, there's something live going on in the future. Ah, the original radio crew are out and about doing a tour around the UK at the moment. I have my tickets for a local production and I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, Arthur Dent in the flesh. So I think, really, if you're looking at spending six quid a month to use this service, you are going to be obviously trying to put it through its paces and work out what good content's on there. Now, this is the thing I find slightly frustrating, is it doesn't have an awful lot of current content. My view is it's, it's offsetting the price. I mean... Uh, someone who spends a lot of time watching movies could watch quite a lot of movies in a month for £6. I think that is a bargain. Yeah, it could be a little frustrating not having up-to-date movies on there, but looking through the availability at this time, some very good content on there, so um, I don't think I would complain. On your big widescreen telly here, we can see what's on offer on Apple TV, and there's some very current stuff. So we've got the Inbetweeners movie, the Smurfs, Final Destination 5... Transformers, Red State, Puss in Boots. There's some very current content on Apple TV. What we're finding here, though, is, is movies that are a good three or four years out of date. Although I have to say what's on Netflix for TV shows is very good, like the entire run of things like Nighty Night or uh, Arrested Development or The Office. So you can watch multiple series all again for your, uh, your 5 99 Definitely moving round to the, um, the Netflix side of things. I like their thinking and um, I like the way it's presented. Yeah, Apple TV, it does have latest releases on it, but it, I'm edging towards the Netflix there, Pete. Interesting. So he's keen. What about you? Well, I have to say, the video playback is really, really good, but the age of some of those films, I mean, three, four and five-year-old films, may put a lot of people off. Although, five ninety-nine for a month, all you can eat, is actually pretty nice for a video service. OK, yeah. Well, what's everyone else doing at the moment, though? Well, the obvious competition isn't really the Apple TV service. It's actually Love Film. Oh, yeah, and what do they offer? Well, this is a bit of a weird one. They do a mix of postal DVD rentals and online downloads. Now, Love Film isn't available on as many platforms as Netflix, uh, but they do start at the same price, $5.99. Although, for that $5.99, rather than all-you-can-eat content, what they do is they post you three DVDs in the post and let you get two hours of streaming download. It doesn't really compare that well to all-you-can-eat. No, but hopefully Love Film will catch up. Well, they actually do have an unlimited service, which is nine ninety nine a month, and their movie content does actually seem to be a little bit more current. And in the last few days, they've announced uh, that they'll be taking shows from ABC, which will make their offering a little bit better. Yeah, fair enough. They're on their way, then. 
It is worth pointing out though that with any of these streaming video services, they can wallop your download allowance. So do make sure you are on an unlimited broadband download package, otherwise you could be incurring all sorts of nasty costs. All good advice. Now, you seem to have a little bag there. What's that for? Hmm, any guesses? Well, it looks like it's some sort of um, useless pop shield for a microphone. Well, we've still got Mike with us. Mike, can you describe this uh, weird thingy for us? It would be a mesh device sewn with a band top bottom white in colour with a piece of string approximately seven and a half inches from the top. Would you care to guess what it's for? I would say it's for something to do with washing in a washing machine or uh, dunking something in a cleaning solution. Go on then, Pete. Put me out of my misery. What is this thing? Well, have a little listen to this stereo creation I put together. Oh, it's a tea bag, isn't it? Well, you're close. No, but I get the feeling we're off to the kitchen now, aren't we? As some of you may know, tea dunking, the art of putting a biscuit in a cup of tea, is one of my favourite things. And we got this through our letterbox. It is the cookie catcher. If you take it out of the packet, what you have is basically a small white cup-shaped net. And what you do with this is you slide it into your freshly made cup of tea, like this. I appreciate the sound doesn't really come out, so we put up a video clip of this on our website. But what I now have is a cup-shaped net inside my freshly made cup of tea. Now comes part two of the plan, opening the biscuit barrel. Ooh, chocolate chip cookies or a ginger nut. I'm going to take a ginger nut and I'm going to dunk my biscuit in my cup of tea. Now this, as you know, is a very dangerous pastime because you are likely, if you get the dunking time wrong, to have something of an accident. What's happened now is my biscuit has deteriorated. So that I now only have about, oh, that's it, it's all gone. I've now got a third of a biscuit in my hand and two thirds in the cup. Now comes a clever bit. I move over to the sink. I pull the bit of string that comes with a cookie catcher out and at the bottom of my little net are the remains of my biscuit. So I have saved my tea from a fate worse than biscuit crumbs. Hold on a minute, don't give that to me. I'm not playing soggy biscuit with you. If you're interested, go and have a look at our little video creation up on the website. It will make you smile. And if you want one of these things, the cookie catcher, two quid. Links on our show notes. If you know of a more ridiculous device, then uh, let us know. Frequency cast. Now loading. Interaction. So, feedback time. First off, did we get any cool messages about our last show? A few. First off, Arthur Vasey popped up in our forum. His comment about all the effort that went into the last show was, what's pronunciations? There's no such word, it's pronunciations. Not bad. If we only got one word wrong, anymore. Well, Mia Culper here. It seems that three of our listeners spotted our not-so-deliberate mistake in the last show about Google's acquisition of Motorola. Jonathan Quirk, Rob Dixon and Simon Partridge were all quick to complain. Simon also reminded us that we should have appended the following to the story. Yes, in respect of Google's acquisition of Motorola, the transaction is subject to customary closing conditions, including the receipt of regulatory approvals in the US, the European Union and other jurisdictions, and the approval of Motorola Motability stockholders. Yes, thanks for that. Yep, very important to be accurate. He also commented that he's not entirely sure that we could class Motorola as struggling any more than any other Android phone or tablet manufacturer. 
although a Google for the words struggling Motorola would seem to indicate otherwise. Thank you very much, though, Simon. Oh, right. So I see. If we want feedback from the audience, we need to make loads of mistakes. Is that right, Roger? Absolutely correct, Fiona. We did get some questions, though. Uh, Luke Platypus asked, I have virgin internet and TV at home, but I noticed a slowdown in my internet speed. I only have the 10 megabyte package, but sometimes this drops below 1 megabyte. After some calls to customer service, they agree to a full discount for two months. That doesn't seem to help with the speed, though. Is anyone else having the same problems or issues? Yeah, funny, I thought Virgin Cable was meant to be better at offering fixed speeds. Uh, It does sound a little bit weird, though. Something strange is clearly going on there. I wonder if you can find out from your neighbours if they're affected. And if there's anyone out there on Virgin with any advice, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, that'd be good. Uh, Les Cornwall asks, I was wondering if you have any thoughts or information on the rumours of the Kindle Fire coming to the UK, possibly this month. Of course, the Kindle Fire is Amazon's low-priced tablet. Yes, it is coming to the UK, possibly by March. If you're interested, we'll review one as soon as we can get one. Now, Carl, you've got one there from Stephen Pearson. Are we aware of any device or PVR that will allow me to watch both Freeview and Freesat from the same device? I have found that Freeview has more decent channels, whilst Freesat has more HD content. Hi Stephen. Well, there are a number of TV sets that have both Freeview HD and Freesat HD built in. However, as far as we know, there are no set-top boxes or recorders that support both. There is a workaround though, which is getting a Freeview DVD HDD recorder that has a line in, which will let you record the built-in Freeview as well as Freesat from a connected receiver. More details on how to do this and some links up on our show notes. Mick in Darlington popped up in our forum to suggest that we do a monthly top five websites or apps. He also says that thanks to us, he can tell his PVRs from his elbow. Did you just say what I thought you said? That's bound to get some complaints. Uh, Cheers, Mick. Uh, A top five. Yeah, good idea. Maybe something like Kate Russell's Webscape that's on click. Uh, If you're interested, get in touch. Yeah, that would be great. If you can text us on 07882043521. Email us via the website or get social with us online. To complain or report on a mispronunciation error, you can call us on a number coming up soon. Finally, a hi to a geocacher, hearts underscore skip. He found our frequency cast bug and he moved it to a new home. On the geocaching site, he said it seemed relevant to leave it at Secret Spinny as it's the cache shown on their site. Now, this was really cool. When we did our feature on geocaching, I, on the website, put a picture of a random cache. And he's found the cache that I used on the show notes, gone there and hidden our bug back there. How cool is that? That's what I call good listenership. Indeed. Cool. That's it for now. Keep those complaints coming. Well, I'm afraid that's all for this show, Show 72. For news updates or to get in touch, please visit frequencycast.co.uk. While you're there, click the Add Us to iTunes button. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for FrequencyCast. Thanks for listening to our tantalising take on technology. And if you like what you've heard, please spread the word. word.